Welcome to the Fabulous 413. I'm Cleese Smith. And I'm Monty Belmonte. Laissez le bon temps rouler. Happy Mardi Gras, everybody. And not only are we going to let you know about a way you can celebrate this very evening here in Springfield, just a couple of doors down from the NEPM studios at White Lion Brewing. Let's also get you acquainted with the organization behind it. Blues to Green, the organization behind the Springfield Jazz and Roots Festival, is launching its Fat Tuesday to Earth Day campaign with a Fat Tuesday community celebration this evening at 7 p.m. at the White Lion Brewing Company in Springfield. Blues to Green draws inspiration from the life of Grammy-winning musician Charles Neville of the Neville Brothers, originally from New Orleans, then making its home in Huntington, Massachusetts in the 413. While widely recognized for the Springfield Jazz and Roots Festival, Blues to Green seizes the opportunity to showcase the expansive scope of their programming, emphasizing the commitment to making a lasting impact on the community. Adding to the festivities, the celebration will be graced by the incredible jazz singer Samira Evans and her handsome devils. Samira, a former New Orleans resident and Katrina survivor, brings a unique perspective to the event with her ties to the birthplace of jazz and her personal experiences with the effects of Hurricane Katrina. We will talk to her about that coming up a little bit later in the show. But joining us from Blues to Green is Kristen Neville, founder and executive director of Blues to Green, and Ray Barry from White Line Brewing, where this event is going to be happening tonight. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. I know it's a snowy Mardi Gras, which isn't what people are usually used to in the Big Easy, uh, but it's it's happening nonetheless tonight, correct, Kristen and Ray? Yes, I think we are moving forward. Great. There's not a whole lot of snow on the ground. You can make it out still. I know. The whole the whole storm turned into a bust, especially if you live north of here. But Springfield, a little bit messy, but we'll be fine by 7 p.m., I totally predict. Yeah, well, everybody is agreeing with that. The snow is supposed to stop. Should have stopped by now, actually. So yeah. Blues to Green has an artist residency program called the Legacy Education Project. Can you talk a little bit about that, Kristen? Sure. So it's sort of an extension of the Springfield Jazz and Roots Festival and was inspired by my husband, Charles, and his life and music. If you knew Charles, you know, he loved to share his rich musical history and heritage, but he also had an incredible life story and any opportunity he had to talk about that and kind of educate others about these experiences uh, that he had, you know, growing up in the segregated South and experiencing, you know, many struggles and overcoming them and transcending them and being able to share his music and connect and communicate with all kinds of people. So with this program, we're um, bringing other artists, most of them who have performed at the festival, into public schools in Springfield and Holyoke and they're sharing you know their music and their life stories and their heritage and these are all acclaimed musicians and some of them are from the area like avery sharp but others come from farther away places like cuba and puerto rico so they do these three-day residencies and immerse the students in their life and, and music and and through that, you know, explore in a deeper way what the students are studying in school, in history, and and exploring more about their own communities. And these schools are majority Black and Latinx student bodies. And so these artists reflect 
um, the students' own own stories and family and community histories. It's a really wonderful thing we've we've been able to um, do about six residencies each year in the past couple of years, and we have a few more residencies coming up this year. It's a really wonderful wonderful experience for the students and for the artists who are involved. That's Kristen Neville from Blues to Green, who are hosting their Mardi Gras celebration tonight. Quick aside, and I haven't even told you this yet, Kristen, we're going to hear about the importance of teaching in the schools, music in the schools, music for young people from your late husband, Charles's own words, when we revisit a conversation later this hour uh, that I recorded with him uh, a little over 10 years ago. So you'll get to hear from Charles himself about uh, how important this kind of legacy that you're continuing with Blues to Green is to Charles Neville. Oh, great. Glad to hear that you're sharing that. Why tie your artist residency program and these um, outreach programs to issues of climate change? Well, the, the Legacy Education Project isn't specifically tied to climate change, but we have another program that we are developing called Arts for Racial and Climate Justice. So that has more of a focus around climate justice. Um, and we have had some programming as part of the Jazz and Roots Festival, focusing in on that. And and it stems from, well, a main motivator for me in, in creating this nonprofit organization called Blues to Green was Hurricane Katrina and the devastating impact it had on the city of New Orleans. Many of our family members, being that we weren't living there at the time, but um, it just, you know, hit hit hard, hit me personally hard that I wanted to, you know, devote my my time and energy to trying to affect change. So that's kind of been at the core of the the inspiration behind the organization. Um, that there are these, you know underlying um, issues in the case of you know Hurricane Katrina, the, the convergence of the social inequity and poverty and climate change. And you know how can we use um, music and the arts to bring people together and promote awareness about these issues and about what people and organizations are doing to to address them and create a vibrant and healthy and just world. Yeah, so we've had some programming, uh, like we had a climate-themed mural and a mural paint party at the festival last year, and that mural was installed in the north end of Springfield, and that was a collaborative project. And we've had a panel discussion about arts, faith, and activism focused around climate justice, as well as um, a round table and a pop-up exhibit focused on food sovereignty. And uh, so it's recognizing that, well, for me, you know, recognizing that this place that is the birthplace of jazz and the culture of that region has influenced American music and world music and culture to such a degree it's a you know cultural treasure yet is so vulnerable to uh, the impacts of climate change and you know as we 
experience changes here in our, our own environment and just seeing music and arts as a, a means for connecting people, connecting our experiences and promoting awareness and action around these things. We'll speak to somebody a little bit later in the show who uh, is essentially a climate refugee from New Orleans after Katrina, who now makes her home in New England and who will be in Springfield on Main Street at White Line Brewing tonight for the Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras celebration fundraiser for Blues to Green. We're joined by the executive director, Kristen Neville. Uh, from Blues to Green. And you also mentioned Avery Sharp, who I know is going to be a celebrity bartender at this event tonight, along with Kari and Jiri, both of whom have jazz shows here on NEPM and uh, tried to convince Kari never wants to come on the show with me. I know. We try, right. we, can, we try every like try every week to get Kari on the show to drink wine with us or do all sorts of things. But Ray Berry from White Lion Brewing, who is now in Springfield and in Amherst, which is so great, uh, you are also very much involved in the jazz festival that happens in Springfield in the summertime. Uh, why that is an event that White Lion and that you support so strongly through Blues to Green and you know the legacy of Charles Neville and the legacy of jazz music in New Orleans and how it reaches out here to the 413. White Lion has been involved for many, many years, I, I believe close to 10, and Kristen can correct me if I'm wrong, in Blues the Green and the uh, annual Jazz Fest. I'm also a board member mm -hmm. and have been a board member for quite some time, contributing to the overall mission of Blues the Green. The event itself, the annual Jazz and Roots Festival, is a rally of community. You have uh, excitement from City Hall to every corner of the valley uh, for this event where thousands upon thousands converge in the heart of downtown Springfield for this free showcase of incredible and dynamic talent from throughout, not only the valley, but to Christian's point, we uh, bring people from outside in. It's really truly an amazing event. The energy that you feel, the vibe that you feel when you're in the presence of that, that event, which is now a two-day event, is incredible. It's hard to explain, and all you can do is really encourage the, 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 the festival goer or those that are on the bubble looking to attend. They must attend to really feel the vibe. So I, I'm always excited when this event comes about and being a community brewery, a community based brewery that's engaged in the betterment of our, our Valley. Uh, it's, it's just an honor to be part of it. And while we're in a snowy February day, this fat Tuesday Mardi Gras, uh, are we to expect that this festival will return in July of 2024, Kristen Neville? Yes, we are. Uh, July 12th and 13th. Oh, it's moving up this year. Yeah, a little bit earlier. That's great. Cool. Good to know. Put that uh, bee in our bonnet early. <laughs> so we can talk to the people about getting on top of the Peter Pan bus again. Yeah, that was fun. A little bit, we did that. We're a little bit hot. I will that say. was a little hot. It was a hot day. We did a broadcast for those who don't know. We didn't survive. Yeah, we, we, did a, we did a broadcast from the double-decker bus on Fort Street in Springfield during the festival. But was, that was a little bit later in the summer. It might be, yeah, maybe it'll it, be. It might be nicer in July. We never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ray Barry, you mentioned that you're on the board for Blues to Green. 
which is, you know, it's an educational project, a jazz-based project, a climatological project. What is it that makes you want to be on the board? And what have you seen this organization do that continues to inspire you? I, over the years, have sat on many, many, many boards and, and various committees. And this board uh, and its group of volunteers definitely stands out. It really reminds me of a grassroots approach, taking it to the people, people conversation, youth-oriented just trying to change the conversation, bring everyone into the fold, be a, a very inclusive, broad-based organization that, you know, even though we wear many hats, or I should say have um, several different pillars, uh, we try to make an impact in each one of those pillars. So, you know, it's not a board where you're, you're sitting with 40 or 50 people, where you have 40 or 50 different opinions. Uh, you have a very core group of folks that is driven or mission-driven and understands the principles and, and context of what we're trying to accomplish for the community that we're part of. I don't think we can let you go, Ray, without talking about beer. What, <laughs> what's on tap right now that you're particularly excited about? I have to tell you how much I love the English Mild and that you have an English Mild on tap right now in Springfield. It It's delicious yes. and it makes me incredibly, incredibly happy. English styles should get more love. We brewed that just for you. <laughs> they call it Khalees Smith's English Mild. <laughs> no, please don't rename that. It's bad enough that my face is on a bus. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, we're excited today, though, because not only do we brew beer, uh, we brew hard seltzer. And we put together, uh, under Christian Blues the Green direction, a very creative cocktail, as we will call it. The base of the product is Cloud Nine, which is an, a nine percent hard seltzer, and we'll add um, some fruit juice and grenadine to it and put it on the rocks. And what are we calling it, Kristen? Today, what is it called? The Mambo, the Mardi Gras Mambo. Oh, Mardi nice. Gras Mambo. Well, <laughs> so listen for those that are listening and want to come out. The Mardi Gras Mambo, a portion of those drink proceeds go back to this free event and the mission of Blues the Green. So we're pretty excited about that tonight. The, and, the, the Mardi Gras Mambo. We might have to carry that all the way into the Jazz Fest. I think we should. Have to put that on well, when we rock and roll with that one. When we revisit <laughs> the conversation with Charles Neville later in the show, he talks about the importance of that song, the Mardi Gras Mambo, and the band, the Hawkettes, that he was a part of early on, pre-Neville Brothers, and so it all ties together. I, I feel really lucky that we, you know, in Western Massachusetts, get to be so linked to New Orleans, which I was lucky enough to go to for the first time this past year. Kristen, I was texting with your son, Khalif Neville, on the plane, like, where do I need to go? Tell me all the things I need to do while we're here. And so that was, it's real, we're really lucky. And we're going to celebrate Mardi Gras tonight at the White Lion Brewing Company in Springfield on Main Street at 7 p.m. So Mardi Gras always happens. It's it happens in winter, and when, that means different things for us. But it's a really cool thing that you're having an event in the middle of winter, even though it's snowing outside. Ray and Kristen, are there other events that Blue to Green has planned before the sun comes back to visit us? Like, are there things happening at White Lion through the rest of the winter? We don't have a plan at this moment. Um, I mean, we do have the legacy project uh, residencies happening, but we don't have another public performance, but we'll keep you posted. <laughs> Great. And uh, we now know when the dates are for the Springfield Jazz and Roots Festival this summer, a little bit earlier. He's 12th and 13th, you said, Kristen Neville? Yes. And, yes. and White Lion is open Tuesday through Sunday, not Monday, right? 
not Monday. Tuesday through Sunday in downtown Springfield and Wednesday through Sunday in Amherst. Nice. Right. Yeah, we are. Our, our director, Tony Dunn, was trying to get us some White Lion Brewing beer yesterday to help up mitigate the stressful afternoon that we had. But he found out the hard way that it's not open Monday. But they're open today. And their event mm-hmm. t- tonight for Mardi Gras for Blues to Greens is happening at 7. Oh, and as an aside, thanks for being a wonderful hosting place for my board game day <laughs> a couple weeks ago. It was really fun. I think we scared some of the people in there. But, like, hopefully that won't happen next time and they'll join in. You can go tonight at 7 o'clock for the Blues to Green Mardi Gras event at the White Lion with special guest celebrity bartenders, bass legend and Friday night jazz host here at NEPM, Avery Sharp, as well as newsman and jazz host, the most famous voice in the entire uh, 413, Kari and Jiri, celebrity bartending for this event tonight. Kristen Neville, I can't wait. Hopefully you'll be able to hear the sound of your late husband's voice on this show a little bit later, which maybe bring, bring you a little bit of light in this uh, wintry, dark time. Uh, yeah. The executive director of Blues to Green and Ray Berry, who is the owner of White Lion Brewing and a board member of Blue Screen. Thank you both so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Nice talking with you. Down in New Orleans where the blues were born. This is that Mardi Gras mambo that we mentioned before. <laughs> On the way, we'll hear from someone we mentioned that you can hear at White Lion this Mardi Gras, Samira Evans. But up next, revisiting a conversation with the man who is a part of the inspiration behind Blues to Green, former Huntington, Huntington Mass resident, New Orleans legend, and Grammy winner, the late Charles Neville. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. I'm Khalees Smith. We just heard from the organization Blues to Green about their Mardi Gras event at White Lion in Springfield tonight and about continuing the musical legacy of New Orleans legend turned Huntington Mass resident Charles Neville of the Neville Brothers. For some reason, Huntington is just very hard. Sorry about your town name, (laughs) y'all. How did the study and pursuit of magic... (laughs) Magic? Yeah, it is magical. Music is magical. In fact, Charles Neville himself? Let's revisit a conversation Monty had with the late Charles Neville back in 2013. In the kindergarten I went to, there was a band. Was this in New Orleans? It was in New Orleans, uh-huh. yeah. It was Bush Kindergarten, uh-huh. primary school. And uh, they, the music teacher played the piano, and all the kids had uh, little percussion instruments, uh, Sticks, claves, uh, tambourines, and other little hand percussion stuff. Mm-hmm. And she taught us, she would play pieces and teach us how to play the rhythms along with what she was playing. Now, your family became musical. Was your Were your parents musical too? Everybody in the family sang or played something. Mm-hmm. No one did it professionally uh, until we started. Right. But everybody did it. It, it was uh, and not only in the family, in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, my uh, uncle was the first of the older generation that we knew of to, to play professionally. You know what I find fascinating uh, in our area and in areas all across the country, you talk about like the Sci Tech Band in Springfield. It's a jazz band that was formed there. The graduation rate at Sci Tech is pretty low, but the graduation rate for the kids that are in the band is in the 90s plus. And can you say one for one that it is the music that is getting them? Uh, it, to graduate, not necessarily, but it gives you a certain, a different grounding. Has that been in your experience, Charles Neville? Yeah, it definitely has. You know, you know, the kids who are exposed to and allowed to actually uh, participate in the creative expression 
uh, it's a more of a, um, it stimulates more of the system than just reading the books and hearing the, uh, you know, the academic stuff. It helps with understanding the academics. Well, how did that work out in your family dynamic? You, of course, are one of the Neville brothers. Uh, your brothers are all fantastic musicians. Your children now are musicians as well. How did that play into the family dynamic, having music sort of as least part of the center? Uh, well, you know, one of the, the differences between then and now was when we were, when I was a kid, when we were little kids, mm-hmm. there was no TV. Right. You know, maybe one house in the neighborhood had a television, and at three in the afternoon when Howdy Doody came on, <laughs> <laughs> people might go to that person's house. But, but the, the entertainment in, in the house and interaction with each other in the house was around music. Uh, you know, when adults came over to visit, they couldn't send the kids off into the other room with the TV. They either brought records or musical instruments or both and played and danced, and we were involved in that as well. You listen to a lot of the Neville Brothers' music, a lot of your music, your brother's music independently, the Meters' music. That tells a story and is a way to artistically express your stories. Do you feel like that creative expression has ever helped keep you out of trouble and keep you from being at risk? It has, it has helped me, although... <laughs> it doesn't exonerate you from trouble. Sometimes you get so creative, you get a little extra trouble, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, uh, and also in my experience in working with kids as well, uh, I worked with the Contemporary Arts Center in New Orleans, and we had a program where we brought kids in and helped them to uh, uh, learn about not only playing, writing, you know, composing, and uh, just understanding... Not only music, but uh, theater and uh, painting and drawing and just arts and, uh, you know, creativity in, in general. Because uh, there were some who did things with mosaics, with broke pieces of broken glass. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just uh, things that the grown-up artists maybe wouldn't have thought of. Right. But once the kids were exposed to the idea that, hey, you can do something, you can make something, they would come up with uh, inventive ways to do it. Do you remember sort of the first time where you and your brothers were playing where you felt like, hey, we have something going on here that, that may be just a little bit more than the kindergarten music class playing along with the teacher. We could maybe have a real go at this. Yo, well, you know, we, we started, uh, you see, Art was playing the keyboards, I was playing the saxophone, and Aaron was singing, and we had a couple of neighbors uh, who were playing with us, and... There was uh, Dave Bartholomew, who was a great band leader in New Orleans, had a radio show where that was kind of a talent show. Mm -hmm. And we learned, we not learned, we created these two pieces ourselves and went on his show. And uh, after we played the two pieces that we did, he said, well, that was all right, but here's my advice. Keep practicing and come back again. Don't not come back. You know, do come back right. again. Like, you, you know, you're not there yet, but keep practicing. You got something. And that was really inspiring for us. And that's, and that's what we did. We did keep practicing. Did and he tell you anything specifically? Like, go home and, you know, learn to play this kind of downbeat or anything like that? No, he just said, Pract- keep practicing. Whatever you do, keep practicing uh-huh. that. You know, keep pra- and and uh, you, you'll get better. Things will get better. What brought you and your brothers to the point? where you've, you figured out, I mean, you and your family invented funk music as far as I'm concerned. Where, how does that discovery come about? Well, uh, from combining some of the elements of the New Orleans, um, the music they used to call Dixieland. That's mm-hmm. now, uh, it's called just traditional New Orleans, traditional music. Right. That and the, the parades, the, the street music that was done, that there were parades for just about anything. 
and combining those rhythms with the uh, rhythms we heard from the blues and rhythm and blues uh, bands and singers uh, is what I think made that unique feeling and sound. Do you have the opportunity to share your music with kids here in the Valley? I do. I do have a, uh, you know, I go, I've been into the schools in Lee and Otis uh, at uh, Gateway in um, Huntington and at the Northampton High School. Mm-hmm. And I've got some more of those coming up uh, this year as well. What's your impression of working with those students, aspiring musicians, and what's their impression of you getting to work with a bona fide legend? Uh, well, I don't know what their impression is, but my impression <laughs> of them is a lot of the kids are really talented and uh, they're really interested. And so they, they have questions. They ask, you know, I, I'll talk about certain things with them and uh, play some music and, and play some music with them. And I'm really, really uh, pleased when some of the kids will ask, well, how would I do this? What should I do to be able to make this? And that, that's really the, the key to be able to tell, oh, yeah, I can tell you, go practice this. Right. And then once you kind of get that down, then you can go to the next step. Then you practice and practice that and then the next step. Do you sit there and work with all the other saxophonists? Oh, well, with the band, with all the uh-huh. kids in the, uh, in, in the music department, not just the saxophonists. Right. But the, can you pull the them kids. aside and say, look, you can really bend this note if you do, <laughs> if you do this little Charles Neville trick here. Uh. <laughs> You don't want to reveal those secrets, too. Uh, well, you know, what I tell them is, is one thing to do while you're, while you're learning is learn the blues scale. Cause right. You can make the blues scale fit on anything. Can you think of an example where music helped to rescue you in some sort of way or artistic expression helped to rescue you, which as, you know, budgets get cut, that seems to be something that gets left by the wayside so often. Yeah, well, you know, I had a job when I was, what, 12 years old working in a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was like that was the future. Those little, uh, really minimum wage, uh, uh, you know, uh, jobs that required, uh, you know, really demeaning jobs, you know, or really hard work, working on the riverfront, loading the ships, or right. you know, or, or construction work. And uh, the other, the only alternative to that was the music. And the fact that I got into the music, I think, rescued me from. A life of drudgery. Mm. Did you and your brothers all sort of hit the scene and become professional musicians at the same time, or did one of you actually get like this first deal first, and then the rest <laughs> of you said, "Oh, we all got to go home and practice so we can get there too"? Or, well, uh, I, I started a band first, uh-huh. and Art was in the band, with right? Me. And uh, then I also went out on the road with with other bands uh, first before anybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came back, we still had. <clears throat> the band that I had formed with Art. But then uh, Art got the opportunity to go with this band called the Hawkettes mm-hmm. when their singer left to go do his solo career stuff. And he just got into the band just before they had the opportunity to record this great Mardi Gras anthem, Mardi Gras Mambo, mm-hmm. which is still played. You know, That was recorded in 1954, and it's still played. It's still a staple of New Orleans music. Oh! Down in New Orleans where the blues were it takes a cool cat to blow a horn On the South and Rampart Street The combos play with the mambo beat The mighty ground mambo, mambo, mambo And that's what sort of then propelled the rest of the Nevilles in? Yeah, then we all joined the Hawkettes at different times and, uh, and, and that's what got the idea of recording. And after that, Aaron began to record uh, uh, stuff in New Orleans and I was still traveling with the different bands and 
not really interested in going in the studio. I was more interested in the spontaneous uh, uh, expression of being on the gig with, with an audience mm-hmm. and the band playing the stuff then. Is that still what you favor? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I, I record now, too, and I, I really uh, like the idea of having a lasting, uh, you know, testament to some of the stuff that I've been able to do. I, I think the main thing is to be able to uh, identify yourself and uh, feel that it's all right to expose whatever it is that's in your heart and in your spirit. You know, don't be afraid to let other people look at it and don't worry about them judging it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, some people are going to like it and some people are not going to like it. But, hey, that's the way life is. I know. It's <laughs> funny because the first exposure I ever had to your brother Aaron's music was the, um, the cotton commercial that he did in the 1980s, oh, The wow. Fabric of Our Lives. And I thought... <laughs> I don't know if this music is so much for me. But then, you know, you, you, you go dig a little bit deeper. You're like, oh, wait a minute here. I've vastly underestimated this family. <laughs> I still love this song. I, the touch. I, I got to interview Aaron Neville one time, and I asked if I could sing it along with him, and it was like one of the greatest experiences of my life because I've now grown to love it. Not I mean, as much as I love the Neville brothers and the meters and all that. I, mean, I think it's amazing, <laughs> but there's also like there's a whole lot of optics there with that and that campaign that oh, we yes. don't have time to get oh, into. Absolutely, but at the time, as a young child, I was like, I don't know if I like this song, but I love it now. Oh my goodness! Anyhow, that was Monty and <laughs> and all of us revisiting a conversation he had with in 2013 with the New Orleans legend and. Western Mass resident, the late Charles Neville, who is the inspiration behind the organization Blues to Green, which will host a Mardi Gras event at White Lion Brewing in Springfield tonight at 7. Playing that Mardi Gras event is another New Orleans transplant to Western New England, Samira Evans, and she joins us next. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. The Fabulous 413 podcast is funded by Northeast Solar, helping customers make the switch to solar for savings, energy security, and tax incentives. Learn more at northeast-solar.com. Hello. Hello. Hello, Samira Evans. Hi. How are you? Good, and you? You still have a, a New Orleans area code we see oh yes that will never go away that's my connection <laughs> i love it that's the modern marker that your area code tells where you're really from yeah <laughs> we've already talked to the blues to green folks about the mardi gras event happening in springfield at white lion tonight and now we are talking to the person who's going to make the mardi gras event an event <laughs> samira evans who will be performing tonight for blues to green for mardi gras at white lion in springfield Samira is what I called in the conversation with Blues to Green, in some ways, a climatological refugee. I think it's something that we're going to end up having to deal with a lot more frequently if we keep doing what we're doing to the planet. Uh, Samira, you fled New Orleans, your home New Orleans, and came here to New England. Tell us a little bit of that story. Well, first of all, I always tell people it's my husband's fault because he's from Vermont. And because people (laughs) are always asking, why Vermont? (laughs) What are you doing here? So he's from Vermont, and um, yeah, as I say to everyone also that we were looking for higher ground after leaving um, New Orleans because our house was flooded. We have four feet of water in our house, and it's just been seething in the heat for a couple of months because it took a while before, you know, residents could return. 
And, uh, yeah, you couldn't even walk in the house without being fully covered because there were gnats everywhere. And, mm. and you know, and the, and the place just looked like a epitome of a ghost town. Everything was full of, you know, all the trees and the grass and everything was gray. And, you know, there was like not a lot of people around. And as you may have seen, the X's and the signs on the houses that would let you know whether people survived or not. Um, mm. It was it was like a ghost town. It was terrible. Um, so we moved here and we ended up. Uh, what was that? Hurricane Irene yes. showed up. Mm-hmm. So, so all my friends were telling me from all over the you know, United States and the world, do not come to my home. Don't come to my town. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there's a hurricane that's following you. Now, come on, friends. That's not nice. <laughs> I know. I know. But you know what? Because we're up high on the hill, we did not get affected by Hurricane um, Irene. But downtown, it was just very scary to see how much water actually ended up in Brattleboro. Yeah. This is Samira Evans from New Orleans, who's now in Brattleboro, but going to be playing at the Mardi Gras celebration at White Lion in Springfield tonight. Tell us about your musical background. Tell us what it was like living in New Orleans, making music in New Orleans. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it's it's magical and amazing. And there's it's like a big, huge family. Um, there's not too many people that you can name that I have not performed with. Um, you know, Dr. John, I didn't get to perform with him until he actually came to New England. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to perform with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, um, Aaron Neville, I opened up for him in Keene, New Hampshire. Wow. Um, but I had already been working with uh, Charles Neville prior to my moving here, and he had told me, if you ever move to New England, I'll hook you up. And I was thinking, why do you think I would ever move to New England? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but here I am. As soon as I, I arrived, I contacted him. He came to my house. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, even though I had played with him in New Orleans, I was like, Charles is in my house. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But, um, yeah, he hooked me up, and, um, yeah, things started happening for me here. But, yeah, it was amazing working in New Orleans, and it's really hard for me to even listen to WWOZ anymore and hear what's going on because I miss it so much that it it just hurts my heart. WWOZ, Um, legendary New Orleans radio station, intrinsically linked with the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival there. Mm -hmm. And uh, were you a DJ on that station? Because I know you and your husband both met via the means of radio. Yes, I was on WWOZ for, I can't remember how long, but definitely over 10 years. That's amazing. And uh, and so we had the jazz tent out at the jazz festival, Mm -hmm. the WWOZ jazz tent. So... I would always perform there as well as interview people as they got off the stage. Um, so my husband and I met, well, he always saw me running into the radio station at the last minute, you know, <laughs> running up the steps. I never saw him. He saw me. And um, how we ended up getting together was we were doing a live broadcast for the French Quarter Festival, and I had was performing that day. And someone contacted me and said, well, would you like, I would like you to help a rookie out. And, uh, so after my show, I, I got over there and we looked at each other and I swear it was love at first sight. That's um, so great. But he did such a great job. He interviewed John Cleary that day and oh. he's because he 
Yeah, because he was, did work with the newspapers and uh, also he just has a good radio voice and, and, and just really good with writing. And so he, it came out clearly when he was interviewing John clearly that he was a pro already. And your husband's still doing radio, um, so was, right? No, he's oh. not. But he was doing radio at the same time you were doing radio. <laughs> I'm doing TV. radio right now, Samira. <laughs> I know, I know I'm sorry, but when you were at the other radio station. You can say it. It's the river. And I think, I mean, 93.9 The River, I think, takes a page out of the radio station we've been referencing's book, WWOZ, in the sense, and what, that's what we're trying to do on this show, too, to give listeners a sense of placiness. We a, want a ground, you to, to ground you ah. where we, we are. We want you to feel lonely, longing for the place that you used to be when you listened to this show, or and I think The River feels the same way, and I know WWOZ feels that way. You want to feel like oh, New yeah. Orleans when you listen to that station. I put it on when the Jazz Fest is on, and it makes me feel like I'm there, which is so great. And we're speaking with yeah. Samira Evans, who is from New Orleans, now making her home in Brattleboro, but who'll be playing with her handsome gentleman at the Mardi Gras festivities, a benefit for Blues to Green at White Lion in Springfield tonight. You have played... I have to correct one oh. thing. I have to correct one thing. Oh. They're handsome devils, not gentlemen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be gentlemen, yes. but they've gone no. over the edge. No, of ill no repute. they've never been gentlemen. They've never been gentlemen. <laughs> they've never been gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to tell you that you called them out on this yeah, show. Yeah, right, for sure. <laughs> Samir, we got questions for you. We thought... We thought we were doing this all classily. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not classy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh man, I just throw all sorts of things. But dirty is how you want. Dirty is how you want your music. Sometimes it's like you just need That's to bring exactly a little bit of ohms. Need some it. grit. Yeah. And your ensembles yes. always do, no matter who you've got backing you. Um, you've played with just about everybody. And you teach here now. What's different between what you bring to the stage and what, or like what? from your stage presence and stage act do you bring to your students what do you need to teach them about being on stage and doing jazz i have to say that i really really love teaching it's it's you know someone asked me if you were to give up one singing or teaching i said neither Mm. um and part of the reason why is because what i put out students as if you know i I prepare them as if it's myself going on stage Mm. and and when people come to see my students, they are so blown away because I just teach them everything I know um, and mainly how to tell the story in a way that you would tell the story, not someone that you're mimicking because you like the way that they sing. So that's <clears throat> that's one of the most important things that I share with them. And of course, you know, the local techniques and so forth. But uh, yeah, you come to one of my the recitals, it's as if it's a, a, a festival. It's really, really amazing, and I love doing it. And it's at Williams College, by the way. Oh, in, cool! In Williamstown. Nice. And yeah, and I've been there since uh, since 2014, so it's almost almost 20 years. I mean, almost 10 years. <laughs> it, it just feels like 20 because yeah, sure. it's so cold. Um. <laughs> we keep mentioning how you played with everybody, all these great Samira Evans who will play tonight at White Lion in Springfield. If you could welcome any. New Orleans performer, living or dead, to be with you at this event tonight, who would it be? <sighs> yeah, we did that to you. Dr. We're sorry. John. Yeah. <laughs> Do- it's hard. Dr. John, George Porter, um, oh, there's so many. Uh, Shannon Powell. <laughs> I don't know if you all know any. And of course, you know Dr. John and you mm. know George Porter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Shannon Powell. I do not. But we'll look her up. 
Yeah, it's a him. Oh, well, look him up. <laughs> Gender is a construct. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but he's one of he's one of the amazing drummers in in New Orleans that I played with a lot. But I've played with many like Ricky, Ricky Sebastian and Johnny Vodakovich and you know so many. I mean, there's so many of every type of instrument in New Orleans that that you can imagine that is is played so well, but with so many great musicians there. So it's really hard to single them out. On the other end, who's up and coming that you'd love to play with? Up and coming? You mean from New Orleans? No, I think in jazz in in general. Like jazz, for, for whatever reason, jazz, I feel, has this kind of air of insular, insularity. Is that a word? Am I making up words? Sure. Okay, great. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an open genre, I think, to a lot of, of influences and things. And yet, at the same time, like it feels a little bit closed off to, to people who think they need to know more to be to participate. So when there are younger people or newer people coming onto the scene that it would be interesting to play with, like I think this should be open to, to whoever. Absolutely. Um, I, I just wasn't sure if you were saying up and coming in New Orleans, because to be honest with you, I don't know who's up and coming there anymore. But <laughs> but as far as someone that's, you know, in the business, up and coming, ah, there's ones that are younger than I am, but they're not up and coming anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but who are they? Really, it's really hard. You know, like, like John, you know, the, the one who just won the Grammy. John, um, ba- John Baptiste? That's part of yeah, John Baptiste. Well, you know, I knew him when he was a kid. His fa- I used to play with his father and uncles. Wow. Um, the Baptiste brothers. Oh. I used to great. sing with them. And so when I was doing a show at, I mean, well, yeah, show at, at WWZ at the festival, as well as doing a, a live broadcast, his father brought me a cassette tape. And he said, you've got to play my son's music. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if I still have that cassette tape, but I sure want to find it now. Oh, man. um, You know, and here he is, you know, Grammy Award winner now. So it's like he's not up and coming anymore, but I sure would love to work with him. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Who wouldn't? He was great when he played Green River a couple of years ago. It was great at the Grant, you know, winning all those Grammys and et cetera. And Samir Evans has played with or soon to be playing with. Virtually all of them, and playing with the uh-huh. the so not gentlemanly handsome devils tonight at a White Lion in Springfield at seven p.m. It's just that they're um, putting a little oomph on it. Yeah, yeah, for their big Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras celebration. I have one last. I didn't realize, and this shows my Yankees because I'm from like the six New England states. I didn't realize there were more than one jazz festival in New Orleans. You're talking about the French Quarter Festival. How many jazz festivals are there in New Orleans? Or were there when well, you left? Well, I mean, all of them aren't necessarily jazz festivals. So the one that's well known is the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, right. um, which has a, a you know a eclectic to music as well. But it's known for the, being the jazz festival yeah. as well as the radio station. Yeah, but there's all kinds of, there's strawberry festivals. I mean, <laughs> you name it, there's a different kind of festival all over New Orleans throughout <laughs> the year, you know. But you know what I want to mention also you, when we're talking about up and coming, who's not another one who's not up and coming, who I did have an opportunity to play with, and that's Trombone Shorty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's outstanding. When he was really Trombone Shorty. <laughs> like, um, a little, like a little kid? And not Troy. I, 
Well, he was kind of between Trumbull Shorty and Troy. <laughs> so uh-huh. He was like maybe a teenager. You know, he might have been close to like 18 or something like that. And, and so I did a show with him. Well, I, ha- I actually hired him to do a show with me. Nice. Um, and so, you know, I've had these great opportunities to work with folks that were, you know, sort of up and coming. But now they're, you know, they're just all over the place now. <laughs> you know, like those two that I mentioned. Samira Evans and her Handsome Devils will be playing at White Lion on Main Street in Springfield starting at 7 o'clock tonight. There's going to be all sorts of celebrity bartenders uh, that are taking part of that, including Brenda Lisa Peda, who we had on the show, yes. and our NEPM uh, colleagues here, the legendary Avery Sharp and Kari and Jiri, and of course the, the New Orleans via Brattleboro music of Samira Evans and her Handsome Devils. Thank you so much for joining us today, Samira. You're so welcome. It's fun to talk with you again. You got horns this time? Do I have horns? Horns in your ensemble. Not in like, not like devil horns. Oh, yeah, no. No. <laughs> it's, you don't it's always have to have horns, horns in a I jazz ensemble. So I'm asking if you have that horns. That's so funny what I thought of. My image was not horns. Oh, yeah, I do have a trumpet player. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Anderson. He's been, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's fantastic. He sounds as if he's lived in New Orleans for a long time. He's That's great. Cool. All of the musicians that I have tonight will be definitely reminiscent of how New Orleans musicians play. Nice. Um, so I'm very grateful about that. Yeah. I've been dreaming. The Mardi Gras celebration at White Lion in Springfield happens tonight starting at 7 p.m. It features guest bartenders, jazz, jazz legend Avery Sharp and NEPM's own Kari and Jiri, performance by Samira Evans and the Handsome Devils, and provides an opportunity to support all the endeavors that Blues to Greens gets up to in our neck of the woods while simultaneously getting down. Coming up, Khalees Smith's strong opinions on gumbo this Mardi Gras. (laughs) You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. This is Preservation Hall Jazz Band, who's actually coming to play at the Back Porch Festival on Saturday, March 16th. So you have an opportunity to hear more New Orleans music coming soon. But, Cleese, you, uh, even when I was in New Orleans, I'm texting you pictures of the gumbo that I was eating. (laughs) To make sure that it was correct. Can you talk well, about your like take you, on gumbo? If you weren't going to have gumbo the right color in while you were in New Orleans, then like somebody should be saying something. You probably would have seen something about it on Yelp. Some somebody local being like, "Yeah, this ain't this ain't right." And like all I can really th- remember, not remember, but like think of whenever I think about gumbo that isn't right is there was a food history program on PBS that is really wonderful and looks at especially African-American foodways. But there's an episode where the young host is interviewing Leah Chase of Dookie Chase in New Orleans. And she's talking to him about gumbo. And he's like, yeah, I know gumbo. Here's all the things that go in it. And you just they close up on her face while he's listening off these ingredients. And the amount of disdain and upset that she starts to get when he mentions some ingredient. (laughs) So she's like, boy, you don't Put that in gumbo. What are you doing? <laughs> You're making gumbo tonight. So what, what do you need to do? Tonight. And the color specifically is what you are the, concerned with. So the the question is always rue. Like your roux needs to be of a certain and is color. The base. Roux is the base, yeah. and it's roux is the same as you would use in French cuisine because, like, Cajun cooking and Creole cooking is French influence because of the French being in Louisiana for so long. So, um, a lot of it um, is based there. Even Trinity is based on mirepoix, but they didn't have as much access to carrots, so they swapped it out for peppers. And roux is the base of of 
that of of gumbo and there are various stages that you can get to if you're interested in it i suggest you read paul prudhomme's book like there's a lot of books about cajun cooking versus creole cooking they're two different things <laughs> and speaking of gumbo gumbo yes. we talk about this a lot yes. not cajun gumbo, gumbo in in northampton is creole cooking Cre- not cajun cooking. and what's the difference tomatoes uh-huh and we were gonna go to the quote-unquote cajun ladies springdale lunch today and do a, a a Mardi Gras food segment, but they close because of the snow. Yeah. <laughs> what snow? <laughs> but you should totally, if you like so, that yeah, kind of food, like, you should definitely think about checking them out because they are they are excellent and uh, a lot of fun to go hang out there with with those quote unquote Cajun ladies. Yes, but if you're making interested in making gumbo, like making roux is uh, is the thing that needs to be done. That's the base of some of a lot of the flavor there, and it needs to get to a certain color, and like that color is a brown like it's a a good rich brown makes it better all right Khalees Smith's cooking tips. We should turn this into a regular segment. Whatever whatever your opinions about okra are I am pro okra but you don't have to put it in there you're going to get some for tonight I definitely there's okra going in my gumbo I'm not wrong about this (laughs) (laughs) well happy Mardi Gras to you all tomorrow on the fabulous 413 there's a lot of cool folks that come out of Amherst College some of them even come back to hang out and that includes Aparna Nancharla, author, comedian, and all-around awesome person. And Aparna is coming back for the Amherst College's Lit Fest, which happens next week. We'll chat with her and another alum, Jennifer Acker, editor-in-chief of the Common Literary Journal, about festivals like these, the impact of memoir and things from Western Mass they'll always carry with them. Plus, we'll divulge our favorite misplacements in song, speaking, and colloquialisms with word nerd Emily Brewster. Mondegreens, malapropisms, and eggcorns. Oh, my! <laughs> and we'll check in with reporter Alden born about a situation bubbling up around the Quabbin Reservoir. We leave you with a little bit more Mardi Gras music from our former late local hero Charles Neville and his Neville brothers Laissez Le Bonton Roulet. I'm Monty Belmonte. I'm Khalees Smith. Tomorrow we'll see you when it's Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. What oh, a combination. What could go wrong? <laughs>